This is the podcast of Christian Life Center, an Assemblies of God church in Springfield, Massachusetts. For more information, visit our website at clc413.com. The Bible tells us that it is God who provides for us the food that we eat. But one of the realities that we deal with is that the food that we eat only lasts for so long. Uh, This meal, no doubt, will not last you till next Thanksgiving. Uh, Certainly, between now and then, you're going to have to eat again. It's because we are constantly in need of fresh nourishment. I want to share with you from... A few scriptures today, and in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, Jesus said these words. They apply to every single one of us in this room. That people do not live by bread only, or turkey, gravy, mashed potatoes, and so on. You can fill in the blanks. But by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Now, just as if you stopped eating for a while your body would begin to feel weak and you'd begin to notice it. In a similar way, our spirits need nourishment. But it's sometimes something that we can take for granted because it's not as immediately evident. We need nourishment for our spirits. In Isaiah chapter 55, we read these words from the prophet Isaiah. He said this, Is anyone thirsty? Come and drink. Even if you have no money, come, take your choice of wine or milk. It's all free. Why spend your money on food that does not give you strength? And why pay for food that does you no good? Listen to me and you will eat what is good. You will enjoy the finest food. Come to me with your ears wide open. Listen, and you will find life. Seek the Lord while you can find him. Call on him now while he is near. I want to share with you today that God cares about you. He cares about what you eat, and he cares about what you wear. He cares about the things that you need. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus said these words, If God cares about the grass, which is there for a little while and then it's cut down, if he cares about the flowers that are there for a little while and then they droop and fade, and if God cares about the little birds that live for a period of time and then their lives are over, how much more will God not care about us? God cares about you. He knows your needs. Sometimes we go through trials and we go through struggles and we can keep things inside. I want you to know from the word of God that God knows the needs that you have that even go beyond food on your plate, clothes on your body and a roof over your head. Sometimes we can go through deep and dark valleys that are very difficult for us. But God knows every single thing that we deal with. 
In his word in in the book of Psalms 139, the Bible tells us that even before a word is on our tongue, God knows it. How comforting that is, especially when there are times where we go through things that we cannot even share it with close family members. But I'm here to tell you today that the things that you go through, God knows the challenges that you're dealing with. Not only that, he cares about you. I want to share with you a short story about something that happened that was very significant over 2,000 years ago. And it tells us in the book of John, chapter 4, Jesus was on a little mission and it says in verse 4 of chapter 4 that he had to go through Samaria on his way. And eventually it says he came to this little village, it's a Samaritan village named Sychar, near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now, what's interesting about this place is that the Jews had a very strict expectation that they were not supposed to intermarry or intermingle with the Gentiles. That was those that were not Jews. And what happened is, is there were those that did intermarry and that did intermingle. And so the Samaritan village was a village made up of those who were uh, half Jews, half Gentiles, and so they were in many ways outcasts. If a Jew was trying to go to a certain location, they would actually make sure that they did not go through Samaria, but rather they would do everything that they could do to go around Samaria. Because the Samaritans were outcasts. It's one of the reasons when Jesus told the parable about the good Samaritan, that he drove the point home with the person who did the good deed being a Samaritan because all of the Jews of that day looked down on the Samaritans and even someone so far as calling them dogs. They were outcasts. But Jesus loves the outcasts. And Jesus, it says in chapter 4, went out of his way not to go around this particular town, but to go right through it. And we pick up here in verse 6. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from a long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. And soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water. This Samaritan woman came to the well around noontime because that was the hottest part of the day. Not only was this a place where outcasts lived, but in a group of outcasts, this Samaritan woman was particularly an outcast because she had involved herself in immoral behavior And she was rejected even by her own group of outcasts. And so Jesus, he is sitting there at the well, no doubt knowing exactly who's going to come along that day. Because God knows everything. This Samaritan woman comes to draw water and Jesus says, uh, Would you please give me a drink of water? He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. And the woman was very surprised. 
And it says, because Jews refuse to have anything to do with Samaritans. Verse 9. She said to Jesus, you're a Jew. I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus answered, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. But sir, you don't have a rope, you don't have a bucket, and this well is very deep. The woman was thinking about water that was in the well. And she was saying, now, sir, it, you're, you're saying you're going to give me something, but you don't have what is needed to access this water. She says, and besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. I'm here to tell you this morning, God cares about you enjoying a delicious Thanksgiving meal. But that meal will only last for so long. God wants you to know that he has food to offer you that will last you longer than the food that you just ate. And it's going to satisfy a part of your being that is more than just your physical body. Because you know you are more than just your body. Because when you leave this earth, your body stays here, but your spirit leaves. It's that same spirit that needs to be fed by the living bread that God has to offer. And so this woman says, please, sir, give me this water and I'll never be thirsty again. I won't have to come here to go get water. Verse 16, listen to what Jesus said. He said, lady, go get your husband. I don't have a husband, the woman explained. Uh, Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband because you've had five husbands. And the one that you're with, you're not even married to at this time. You certainly spoke the truth. You see, Jesus knew more about this woman than she realized. And I want to tell you today that God knows more about you than you realize. He knows the wrong decisions that you've made in your life. He knows the times that you had the choice to make a right choice and you made the wrong choice. He knows the times when there were thoughts that you entertained in your mind that had no business being there. He knows all that. And God looks down on you, and he still loves you. He cares for you, and he wants you to spend eternity with him. But there's one problem. Our God is a holy God. No sin can remain in his presence. The Bible says that not one of us in our current form can see God and live. Because God is a perfect God. 
And every single one of us in this room, myself included, have done things that are wrong. We have all sinned, and as the Bible says, fallen short of the glory of God. And God knew that that was a major problem. It could not be resolved by any one of us on this earth. There is not one of us in this room that could ever pay the price to deal with our sin. There is no amount of money that we could give. There are no amount of good deeds that any of us in this room could do that could ever pay the price that needed to be paid for our souls. If that were the case, then certainly Jesus would not have come to die on that cross, to suffer all that he suffered because he knew that there was only one way and that was for him to give his life on our behalf. When Jesus went to the cross, he did something that transformed the opportunity for every single one of us in this room. Without Jesus and the price that he paid for our sin, all of us would be destined to an eternity apart from God. But as Jesus said, when he came as the way, the truth, and the life, he made a way for us to be able to access our Heavenly Father. He came, he gave his life, and many of you may be familiar with the taking of the communion, the bread and the wine, as we share the communion Simply what that is, is it references the fact that Jesus himself is the living bread. Without him, we have no spiritual sustenance. My heart's desire is that every one of us in this room would know how much God cares not only about our bodies, but also about our spirits. In in the book of Romans, chapter 4, it says these words. When people work, their wages are not a gift, but something they have earned. And then we look at verse 16. The promise that God has given us is a promise that we receive by faith. It is given as a free gift. There's no amount of religious activity that any one of us in this room have to do to earn the love of God. Because while we were still sinners, God went out of his way to pursue us. And for that, I'm so thankful. In Romans chapter 9... Actually, chapter 10, rather, verse 9. We see these words written. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. See, the truth is, is that the way to get to heaven is a way of faith. It's not something that you can see with your natural eyes. And what you need for your spirit is different than what you need for your body. 
With your body, you need food that you eat. But for your spirit, you need the very living word of God. Every one of us have fallen short of the glory of God. But the scripture tells us that the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. When the Samaritan woman left the well, she left the well having understood that Jesus himself was the living water and that he was the living bread. She went back into the town and she told everyone. She said, I met a man who knew everything about me. He told me things that I had done. I didn't even mention anything to him. Would you come and see? Because he is indeed the Messiah, the one sent by God. And many people came and they heard the message that God had more in store for them than something temporal. I want to invite you today for just a moment to close yourself in with God right where you are at your table. And I would like to have a word of prayer with you. So with eyes closed and heads bowed, I have a question to ask you today. Have you truly experienced the bread from heaven in your spirit Do you have peace with God? That peace that comes from knowing Jesus Christ, his son, having your sins completely forgiven, not by your good works, but by what Jesus did on the cross. As the scriptures tell us, if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart, the Holy Spirit comes in, makes us a brand new person, and gives us living bread and living water. If you're in this room today, and you'd say, Pastor Joseph, my heart is thirsty. And I'm hungry for God. I want the kind of bread that will sustain me beyond this Thanksgiving dinner. I want to surrender my life to God and allow him to be the Lord, to direct and to guide my life. If that's you in this room, right where you're sitting, would you just simply raise your hand? I would like to pray with you. If you would like to make that choice, God sees your hand, my friend, and yours, 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 and yours. God sees yours as well. And yours, all across this room, as you respond, saying, Jesus, I'm willing to receive the bread from heaven. I'm going to pray with you, and I want to invite those of you who raised your hand to simply join with me in this prayer. And as you pray this prayer, and God sees you, ma'am. There is a change that's going to happen. The Bible says that when we surrender our hearts and our lives to God, that we become a completely transformed person from the inside out. And based on the promise of God's word, that will happen for you today. So if you raise your hand, the spirit of the living God is going to do a supernatural work as you confess with your mouth today and believe in your heart.
I invite you to join with me in this prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that I have sinned and I need your salvation. I ask you to please forgive me. Please come into my heart and transform my life. I choose from this day forward to obey your word and to allow your word to provide life for me. Thank you for forgiving me of my sin. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I accept your salvation in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I celebrate with you the decision that you have made. And so does God. The Bible says that all of heaven rejoices when even one soul is saved. And here's, here's what happens. When we make that decision, the Bible tells us that our names are written in a very special book called the Book of Life. When our life here on earth is over, then we're going to stand before God. And when our name is in that book, then we have access into his presence. I want to share three important things with you. It's very important for you to be spiritually nourished, to stay in touch with God, and that is prayer. Prayer doesn't require you to say big and um, hard to understand words. God knows you, and before you even speak, he knows what you're going to say. Talk to him like you would do a friend. He'll listen. Second thing, allow God to talk to you. The way God talks to you is through his word, the Bible. As you read the Bible, God speaks to you. I want to invite you, if you uh, would begin reading in the book of John, it's a great place to start, and allow God to speak to you. It's not so important how much you read, but understand what you read. And the third thing is to find a good place to gather with other people who love Jesus and to learn about the Word of God. We certainly open our arms and welcome you here at Christian Life Center. If you are from another location, we certainly encourage you to find a good church that preaches and teaches the Word of God and get connected with a good uh, church and a good body of believers that love God. I also know that sometimes uh, you may be interested in getting to know God's Word and to getting to know Him better, but you may not have a Bible. And so we want you to be able to have a Bible. So I'm going to ask you, if you're here in this room today and you don't have a Bible, but you would like one, would you just simply raise your hand and we would be glad to give you a Bible. And so I'm going to ask if our hosts and hostesses could come down for just a moment. And if you, if you would please, uh, we have Bibles here uh, to the left and some here to the right. And for those who have their hands raised, would you just simply give them a Bible? We do have Spanish and English. We also have large print. So if you need large print, uh, feel free to make that be known and we'll be glad to give you a large print.